we're talking about Javier Chicharito Hernandez. The whole time he's here, he's hawking Bud Light Seltzer. He's hawking, you know, uh, Herb Herbalife. He's yeah. hawking what is he? Uh, some terrible car, uh, prepaid, not even a prepaid credit card. It was some loan service. I forget, man. It, oh it yeah, was brutal. yeah, yeah. He's just anything you want us. You you need a, a ad man for? He's there. Give him a call. Hit him up on yeah. Instagram. He'll he'll do it for you yeah. for the price. Because you know three million is not enough for him. <laughs> Thank you for downloading and listening to West Box Score. I'm Alex Gonzalez, joined once again by my main homie, Donald Paz. What's up, Donald? Yo, what's going on, Alex? I'm good, man. Excited to talk sports with you again. Before we get started, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at West Box Score. And follow our other homie, Sonny Edmano, at The Fox Crate. He has a podcast called The Fox Crate Podcast. New episode coming soon. He is not here today. He left us in charge. Yeah. So we're going to have to step up our, our star running back, I would say, yeah. uh, of the team. You know, he kind of carries it sometimes for us. You know, yeah. we hand him off the ball. And he's off and rolling, man. A lot of times yeah. he's uh, in the end zone already. We're still like, <laughs> you know, so so our star running back is gone today. So we're going to um, carry the load here. It's all, it's all wide receiving today. Just pass the ball, pass the ball, <laughs> pass the ball, Donald. That's you today. I mean, yeah. and I'm just right here just trying to keep up with you, dude. Um, so, Donald, we You're got a lot end, of football. <laughs> I don't know what I am on that. I would say... Yeah, tight end. I'm gritty. I'm just right there trying to make a once a play once in a while. I'll just You're I just gronk, open up the dude. lanes for you guys, man. I just block for you guys. You're gronk, dude. You go, you go to WrestleMania and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> or like uh, I like the uh, the 49ers tight end, uh, Craig. Oh, what is it, Kittles? Kittle. Oh, that's right. He is yeah, a wrestling I, fan too. Yeah, he's yeah. a big wrestling fan, yeah, man. He's right. a Pentagon Junior fan. Settle miedo. That's I mean, yeah. you know how I feel about the 49ers, but I like your tight end, Sonny. You know this. <laughs> Um, so we got to get into American football talk to start us off today. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams, man, uh, Donald, they're looking good right now today, but it's always this weird thing I feel about being a Rams fan. I don't know what Rams team is going to show up some days. I don't know if McVay has the game plan figured out, if he's going to adapt his game plan properly. And I don't know what golf is going to show up, man. Like golf yeah. is really hit or miss so much yeah. that it, I don't get too excited when I see them win. I obviously wanted to see them be, at least beat the 49ers once this year. That didn't happen. Cause yeah. that would have made me excited, yeah. but seeing them, you know, get the win today over a really strong division rival, Arizona, even though we know teams are so inconsistent this whole year. It's not just my Rams. It's, it's everybody like we talked about last week, right? Yeah. I mean, this exactly. is COVID 2020. The only, um, the only consistent teams have been what the Steelers and the Chiefs, right? Yeah. But so, I mean, everybody else is pretty inconsistent. Oh, and the other consistent team, the uh, winless <laughs> New York Jets. Oh, the, yes, that, right. You could say that's the other consistent team. Yeah. Um, but my my Rams got the big win, and it was a grind out grinded out win, which is always a, a big win for a team to, to come away with because it help hopefully helps build character. It hopefully shows that, yeah, man, you guys could grind out these tough games and let's build upon that. Let's be, let's be positive about this win because, um, they, they almost gave it away at time late in the second half against, uh, yeah. uh with a special teams turnover. Yeah. And, but just once again, this is McVay, McGenius, as he is referred to <laughs> by some, not by me, but, <laughs> but you know, 
It's often referred to as <laughs> you know, I don't know who made that up. I think it was Donald Trump who made that up too for him. But oh, I mean shit. it's <laughs> it's a it's all a little bit of fake news sometimes with McVeigh. I mean, he got the they got the win today, but once again it's not a convincing win. Like it's it was a it was a grind out win and it's good, but it's also it's a toss up in that NFC. Wouldn't you say, Donald? Yeah, it is. It is. Um I think if the, the the run game is what bailed out the Rams, you know. Um, yes, definitely. So that that was really impressive. I have Cam Akers on my fantasy, nice. who I picked up two weeks two weeks ago. I wish I had played him last week because he had scored like two touchdowns, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. But this week he, he gave me a good push. Um, but that's part of the reason why I was paying attention to the game was just I wanted to see how Akers did, um, which was interesting because I know Henderson had a had a had a touchdown as well. So I was like, no, yeah. I need it to be acres all the time. <laughs> but you know, the thing about the Rams is that they got a good running back committee. So it's, yeah. it's you never know. And I think that's what helped uh, bail out Jared Goff. And I know he, he had one touchdown himself, but um, you know, it just, it is, it is hit and miss with Goff. Um, the NFC, it's just, you can't really tell right now who's going to come out of it. Yeah. I can't guess it. Like we were just talking mm-hmm. about earlier, AFC guys are the top guys right now, like Steelers, Chiefs. Right. Um, so it's just it's just one of those things where like, obviously division games are always tough. And like you said, like they, they it almost slipped by the Rams because of special teams mistakes. Um, I saw that at fourth quarter, they were, they scored 21 points to 14. So obviously that tells you like how close that quarter was. Um, as opposed to the second quarter where they scored 14 points and Arizona scored zero. So um, mm-hmm. that's that that tells you a lot about like how close that game was towards the end. Um, but yeah, man, I think that the uh, NFC West is always tough when, when teams go at each other. Any of those four teams going at each other, it's, it's a bloodbath, man. The NFC best, as it <laughs> should be called, because it, it, it all through... All four of those teams are good, Sonny. All four of those teams are very good. And obviously without the injury, had they not been struck by injuries, the 49ers would be way more competitive than they are right now at their five current five and six record. They're playing tom- uh, later on this evening on Monday Night Football. But it's it's a tie right now. Eight and four Rams, eight and four Seahawks. And just two games back really are, are the cards. They're at six and six now. And they're a really tough six and six team. But yeah. it, I mean, these these Rams. I don't know. I'm excited to see they're gonna make. They're as it stands right now, they're gonna possibly make the playoffs. If they win the division, I'll be very excited for that too. But I'm not excited at their chances in the in the playoffs, mainly because I don't know what Rams team will show up what week, what opposing team will show up on the other on on the other field that week, because that could be the team that just eliminates the Rams one week. But then at the at you know, to say the total opposite. What if the Rams get hot and make a run? Like it's so yeah. nuts. This year has yeah. been so freaking nuts and unpredictable that we could see the Rams in the Super Bowl, and that would be insane with yeah. what has happened already with the Dodgers and the Lakers. <laughs> I mean, wasn't there a guy yeah. over on ESPN Radio who predicted that this is? Was it Steve Mason that predicted? Oh yeah, Steve predicted, Mason. Yeah, yeah. He's that a predicted. Rams guy, oh yeah, yeah, we're gonna see a Rams uh, Super Bowl win. Like, dude, yeah. I, I don't see that happening, man. You're you're that's total as Sunday would say, cheerleading instead of supporting. There. Yeah. I mean, I just I just don't see it. I'm happy. I I want to see them be competitive, but I'm not. I'm I'm pretty much checking my optimism, curbing my enthusiasm, if you yeah. will. Shout out to Larry David there <laughs> as for my uh, Rams potential and chances for a long playoff run. 
do they make the playoffs? They probably are. And I'm excited to see what happens because playoffs, anything can yeah. happen. But man, I just, I just don't want to see them get to another Super Bowl and you put up three points. Oh That's, yeah. I know <laughs> don't what you mean, lead me that way, man. Yeah. Don't real, let that happen to me. Yeah. Real quick. Um, yeah. It seems like, okay. If the Rams win the division um, right now, like you said, they're tied with the Seahawks. It's a matter of, uh, the top teams in the NFC of each division are the Packers, NFC North, the Saints at NFC South, and, well, the Giants in the NFC East, which we know <laughs> that, you know, it doesn't really count. Yeah, but it basically makes you, it, you kind of have to think of it like, can they beat the Packers? Can they beat the Saints? Um, it seems like the Packers and the Saints both have a better record. So if it does become an away game, can they beat the Packers at Lambeau? You know, can they beat yeah. the Saints at New Orleans? So, um, that's the question right there, you know. Drew Brees is still hurt. Yeah, in, in New Taysom Orleans, Hill, so. yeah, has been filling in. But but he's been doing well. They're still on a nine game winning streak. Yeah. So that team's got that team's built. Yeah. So I mean, it's tough to say. I mean, and do the Saints deserve their revenge for that's, eliminating the Rams a, a couple seasons? I mean, a couple play- seasons ago. Yeah. That, then that would give me like some sweet revenge for them. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I don't know if this team has what it takes to say what you just said. Ask me, Donald. I don't think they could go to Green Bay and win. I don't think they can go to New Orleans and win. But this is 2020. Anything could freaking happen. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think so. But of course, because it's so crazy, they, they'll win. They'll win. They'll get, they'll get to the Super Bowl because it's nuts. Yeah. And then we'll be we'll be right here again talking about how crazy it is to see the Rams in the Super Bowl and Steve Mason will be right. <laughs> so <laughs> it'll be so nuts. Um, the other LA team was in action today, Donald. Uh, we could just skip this and yeah, go, let's skip go, it, go on to other stuff, man. Please. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, man. This is going to be tough. It's always been tough for me every week. But, you know, this is like a whole... <laughs> this is like rock bottom. This is your this therapy point. session. Let it out. Sit, this is lay the down rock on the couch, bottom man. game. Um, 45 to 0 was the final score. Um, obviously, the Patriots have something to play for. They have a shot yeah. at a wild card spot. So, obviously... Yeah. I kind of saw that this was, you know, this was more meaningful for them. I will say watching the game though, um, man, the the Chargers just look like they did not want to play today at all. Oh, like it just bad. felt like they gave up the season. Um, it was really sad. I can't say that it was because of the refs, because of the flags, um, because the Chargers make a lot of mistakes too many penalties, nothing. It was really because they didn't want to play and they let the mm. Patriots do whatever they wanted. And it almost felt like the defense was like, you know, we're giving up on our our guy, probably Gus Bradley. And the offense just looked like they're also giving up on their guys too, which would be, you know, Anthony Lynn. And I'm assuming the offensive coordinator, I don't know how much under the gun he'll be after this. Like if they're going to, you know, make that kind of change. Um, but, uh, man, it just really feels like this was the game where the writing's on the wall for the coaching staff, um, 45 to nothing. They were down 28 to nothing at the halftime where basically I think it was 21, nothing. They go for a field goal and the field goal gets blocked and it gets run to, uh, by a defensive to, for a touchdown. And there was only like five seconds left in the, in the four, in the second quarter. So that was like, oh, shoot, 28 to nothing. We went from 21 to 28, like, by halftime. And, um, right. yeah, I mean, 
this is what happens when uh, you're when you have no game plan. You just looked unprepared. And uh, Bill Belichick is Bill Belichick, man. I mean, regardless of the of the kind of players they have over there, how they're not like what they used to be, like that dominant New England team. The fact of the matter is that Bill Belichick, you know, did not let his foot off the gas. You know, he did not. He really wanted to make sure like that uh, the NFL was put on notice that, you know, they can they can squeeze you, you know, if they need to at any given point. Because, <laughs> you know, coming in at halftime, you're thinking, OK, 28, nothing. I mean, New England should just run the ball, run the ball, kill the clock, you know, like kind of yeah. mercy rule it. <laughs> yeah, kind of pretty much. Right. Like you, you what are you what are you trying to prove? Yeah, but they are they are trying to prove but that's right. It's like, Belichick, man. He's that guy that just he 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 doesn't want to let you he doesn't want to ever he basically likes to make other coaches feel very inferior and uh, that's what he did. Was there any positive to take from this other than the weak game plan? I mean, is this pretty much it for no. for Lynn Lynn as no, the coach? This, this this was bad. I mean, J- Justin Herbert was under you know to to tell you that it was five versus three. The Patriots only rushed three guys at the line and they oh still God, were able yeah. to grab Herbert. You know what I mean? Like that tells you how much like the team just kind of already f- was folding. Like it just felt like they did not want to come and play today. And um, and I just kind of feel for these guys for the next, what, four games that they have left because they still got to yeah. play them. But I was tweeting on Twitter, like, is there is it possible they could just like forfeit the season? Because these guys just <laughs> don't look like they want to be on the field and do their job. They just don't want to do it. And I don't blame them because, yeah, it already the season had slipped a long time ago. And now it just looks right. really bad. Um, I mean, it's not like you're trying to tank the way the Jets are trying to tank for a, for a, for whatever they're trying to tank for. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the Chargers got a quarterback, so they got someone they could work with. But. It just seems like the 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 playmaking. It seems like the the Chargers just don't want to play for this coaching staff anymore. So, um, I mean, I think the message is clear. Um, I haven't checked like any Chargers wires or anything like that to see if there's been any updates. I wouldn't think they would fire Anthony Lynn or any of the coaching staff like right now. I think they would wait until the end of the season. Tom Telesco, the GM, he usually operates that way, like very respectable. Like he I mean he he let. Philip Rivers play his whole contract out, you know? Right. Philip Rivers was done like three, like two, like two, three years into the five-year contract that he had. So you couldn't, you could have probably traded him or or just cut him and paid him the rest of the money and saved yourself, you know, the embarrassment of having to go through that for the next the last two years he was there, which didn't mean much. But you know, Telesco's one of those guys that's very honorable, like, hey, you signed and and we're gonna, you know, fulfill it. So you're gonna start for the remainder of your contract. And then what happened at the end of the five years? Thank you for your service, you know, and uh, we they moved on. And that's what happened. That's why Rivers is at Indianapolis now. So I think Telesco just works that way. So I would say then, Donald, or ask you this. Um, you know the changes are going to happen. They need to happen. So, I mean, where do you even start? Uh, is it at the coaching staff? Is it on the offensive side of the ball? Where Where does your team need need to get its fixes for next year? Because we have to look at next year now. Um, yeah, I would definitely have to say it's on the offensive side. Um, you definitely need a coach that knows how to play or that can create a good playbook for a Justin Herbert type of quarterback, a guy that can move around and has an arm. 
um, unfortunately for Anthony Lynn is that like he's a former running back, you know, former mm. Super Bowl winning running back. So no, like some res- putting that respect on this name. Yeah, I see I that. Mean, <laughs> I the see guy you. has rings. You know what I mean? So it's not <laughs> right. like it's not like he's just like some dude that just somehow you know worked his way into coaching. No, he he plays. He's not a Ted Lasso type. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So he's been he's he's good at running game stuff. He knows how to run the ball. That's why all the running backs I've never complained about any other guys that he's gotten. They've all been great. Yeah. Like from um, Melvin Gordon to um, Austin Eckler, Pope. Even right now they have uh, Kalen Balange, who used to be the backup for Kenyon Drake in Miami, and Kenyon mm-hmm. Drake's now at Arizona. Um, so mm-hmm. um, the thing is, like, he's good at picking out you know coaches. I mean, he's good at picking out running backs. And that's his right. thing. He's a running game guy. But uh, you need a guy that knows how to work with quarterbacks because your quarterback is who throws a ball and that can create other stuff. And I think he's just not equipped for that. So the Chargers need to look for someone that can help him out on that end, that can help out with a young quarterback that's going to blossom and everything. And I think that um, that's what they need to look at. I think that that should be the priority. I mean... It felt like for the longest, even with Philip Rivers was there, that's why they got Keenan Allen. And that's why they got all these wide receivers. And I remember Antonio Gates was one of their greatest tight ends. Right. And he played for the Chargers for a long time. And all these weapons that they did got were for Philip Rivers. So they catered it to him. So now it's time for them to kind of cater around Herbert. And I think Herbert, it's not so much that he needs weapons. He needs a coach that can help him kind of get there and mm. train him. So, yeah, that's what he needs. Coach... New coach for uh, the Chargers is definitely, I agree with you, the first step that needs to be made. And uh, Coach Frank Vogel of the Lakers, he's got uh, he's got some weapons, right, Donald? He's got yeah, some he weapons does. he's going to be able to yeah. hold on to. Yeah. And that, those are two big weapons that are staying for the Lakers. You got LeBron James, Anthony Davis, both re-upping. LeBron, what is he upping for? Two more years extending on his contract. And mm-hmm. then the, the big one that, well... Let's start here with LeBron James, Donald. What's that contract looking like? So he agreed to a two-year, $85 million contract Ooh. extension. Um, so, yeah, that's 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 a good payout. Um, it seems like he's going to retire a Laker. Because <laughs> how much longer does he have in his career? Maybe two years? Three, yeah, yeah. if he really he's wants to He's 36 now. So he'll be 38. Wow, 38. Do yeah. you give it? You cannot give another... Two years, but we don't know. This guy's unhuman. Yeah. <laughs> he's a vampire, dude. He's the getting guy has better a with a chamber that he sleeps in and stuff. So. That's, yeah, that's right. You know, so yeah, I mean, who knows? Who knows? Maybe, uh, I mean, right now with AD, obviously you could see that, like, you know, AD can carry a load if he need if they need him to. You know what I mean? Well, um, we need to throw Anthony Davis in that cryo chamber to keep him healthy, man. I I saw the article. The that's the thing that I feel like that's the scary part about Davis is that if he gets hurt at any given point, that could be the season, you know? So, yeah, I mean, I think I saw it. So he signed a five-year deal and the key there is he wanted more years on it because he's, he has admitted to being injury prone. And like I, like I fully admitted on this show, I'm a, I'm a bit of a fair weather Laker fan. I only really pay attention when the playoffs are going on and it's really only to my hometown Lakers and like the big star players on the opposing teams. So 
Anthony Davis is a player I'm a, I was aware of, obviously, before he came. I knew how good he was, but I wasn't aware of his injury <laughs> prone, his injuryness yeah. there, his proneness to injury, rather. Yeah. And it's just like, what? Wait a minute. Then why are we signing this guy for so long? It's like, it, it's a business, man. It's yeah. the business of sports here. There, He's willing to stay with the Lakers if we are willing to take a risk yeah. in signing him at, to a longer term. I mean, as Laker fans, I mean, we need a big player along to complement LeBron James. Already, there's already been proven success, so yeah. you do take that risk. You do give him the extra two years, and hoping that in you know in, th- in those um, after those three years, there's a, hopefully another player that is on the horizon that the Lakers are going to sign because that's the beauty of this Lakers team, which is why we always appreciate and we're spoiled about it. We throw money at star players. That's yeah. that's our motto. It just worked and it, it because it works for the Lakers right now. And yeah. the good scouting, Rob Palinka, the GM here, is making the right deals, pressing the right buttons, giving the big money to the right star players, not just any star player, but yep. the right star players. So yep. do you think this is the right star player to give that money to, even with his injury prone uh, his proneness to injury there, Donald? I think so. I mean, he proved it by winning a title. So right. I mean, I think if if you know, if you're trying to if we're trying to play it safe, I would say there's probably one more title left in him. You mm-hmm. know, if we're doing it safe. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, overall, uh, credit to um, Rob Palenka, who was the one mm-hmm. that pulled off these deals. Um, I think after winning a title, you kind of trust that he knows what he's doing, especially when it comes to numbers and payouts because he was an agent before. So <laughs> I think he knows that whole lingo. And I think that's that was the advantage. So I totally understand with Davis. Um, he was very injury prone in New Orleans. And even with that, that's why I when the trade happened initially, there was critics saying that the Lakers gave up too much because of the fact that, um, you know, they were saying he gets hurt. So why would you give up three, you know, young guys and then all the draft picks you gave up to get him? And now no one says anything because there's a title. So, um, but that's not to say that in the future he won't get hurt. Um, so that's always something you got to look out for. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if if he does get hurt because that's always been his issue, like the knees or not. I mean, we saw it in the playoffs. We saw it in the finals, right? Like he landed right, wrong yeah. and then we were scared. Yeah. Um, we all held our collective breaths. Yeah. Especially because if it was gone to a game seven, we didn't even think he'd get to a game five. But he was there. He was he was there for the game six, the clinching game. So it's it's if injuries are going to happen, that's fine. But you want them. Obviously, you can't pick the timing of them. You want them to happen in the regular season and you need a yeah. playoff ready. You need them ready for that playoff stretch because yep. that's where it matters the most. And he seemed to grit out enough games for us to win the chip there. And that's all we need from him is really be there to to help us get there. And as you say, maybe one more chip. That's not bad on a five-year investment, right? Yeah, I mean, no, it isn't. You want to go, you rather go five for five. But. Exactly. That's true. I mean, that's, that's why the Lakers have always historically made these kind of moves. You know, Shaq was traded. That's right. Came over. Um, was paid, and then they won a couple titles with him. So, three, I believe, to be exact, right? That yeah. Was that, uh, Two with the, Kobe, the, the Kobe years, the Phil Jackson years. So, yeah. I mean, it's like I said, the strategy of the Lakers throwing money at big star players works. You know, the last few, you know, the last two decades, it's been very fruitful for us as Laker fans. Yep. But um, 
I mean, sometimes they come home to roost. Uh, you just got to look down south into Carson to see sometimes it doesn't work when you pay out star players and, uh, <laughs> and you, you fork over that money and, you know, star player is too busy, you know, hawking the Bud Light Seltzer. Yep. I mean, do you know who we're talking about, Donald? You have no idea who I'm talking about, do you? <laughs> I think I do. I think I saw him last I, night. <laughs> were you up at Griffith Park also uh, running the hills with him? Oh, no, dude. I did see that video, though. I mean, we're talking about Javier Chicharito Hernandez, you know. And um, as Galaxy fans, we got to get into some quick Galaxy talk here because he had a terrible season. We could all admit that. Terrible. Yeah. Scored two goals. Two goals. On a on a three million dollar what investment for his year and a nine million dollar transfer. I mean, that's that's not the return you want on that investment. No. And uh it's just it was bad because he's the whole time he's here, he's hawking Bud Light Seltzer, he's hawking, you know, uh herb herbalife, he's yeah. hawking what is he? Uh some terrible car, uh, prepaid, not even a prepaid credit card. It was some loan service. I forget, man. It, oh, it was yeah, brutal. Yeah. He's just anything you want us, you, you need a, a ad man for, he's there. Give him a call, hit him up on yeah. Instagram. He'll, he'll do it for you yeah. for the price. Cause you know, 3 million is not enough for him. Um, <laughs> but what I have been seeing lately on his Instagram is him, you know, running up and down the hills over at Griffith Park. And as some, as I go hiking there at least twice a week and it's tough. <laughs> it's a yeah. tough trek, but he's run and I just hike him. I just walk him and yeah. I'm feeling him. So he, and obviously he's a premier athlete, so he's able to run them. But I've, I've seen on the first couple of runs, like he's, he's struggling and that's yeah. because he's so out of shape and you yeah. know, that's because why he's doing it. And, but I am happy that he's making the effort to get back into football shape, back to take the commitment to the galaxy seriously. And that's all we're hoping for at this point. Right, Donald? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, just, just show that you care. Um, I was listening to uh, Grant Wall's latest podcast. He had uh, Landon Donovan on and he mm -hmm. asked him about, you know, the galaxy and the season that they had. <laughs> oh, wow. Like, what are your thoughts on it? And he kind of was pretty blunt about like, yeah, like it's hard for me to watch them because wow. it it means so much to me when I played for them that it hurts me to see them struggle this much. You know, they're not mm -hmm. a club that should be struggling like that, um, given the history that the club has. And he basically said, um, player wise, it just looks like no one really knows like why they're playing for this club. Like it's almost like they 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 lost respect for it and um and they don't really like care and that's what he said like it, it was different when i was there with keen and and all of us that were there like we cared about being there we cared about that crest like it mattered to us that we played for the galaxy and i think that the roster that i saw this season this past season just looked like a bunch of guys that did not care about it at all and it just it just kind of you know it, it it bothered me seeing it given like the history i have with that club so it is cool to see chicharito run it is cool to see him kind of you know to get conditioned because those are the little actions that show that you care you know they always say actions speak louder than words so i mean right now even though he's keeping like a bit of a low profile like he's definitely i mean i'm hoping he does show and 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 tries to at least show that you know um, prove yourself in the MLS, you know, regardless of what you think of the league, um, 
and all that, which maybe it might be that. It might be the fact that he came from Europe and the fact that he still has that mentality and it, and it takes a while to, to for it to kind of rub off. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is this is where you're at now. And yeah. it's fun to win. It feels good to win. It sucks to lose. And you already saw what that felt like. So, you know, it's time to make changes, you know? I mean, it's time to be an example. You know, this is why they paid you. So uh, hopefully this is just the beginning for him and that hopefully mm. he shows out over uh, the off season. That'd be great. Yeah, it must have been an ego thing when he came over because he thought the MLS uh, as a far weaker league than he was coming from at the time. He was coming, what, from uh, La Liga, well, yeah. over, right? He yeah. was over at Sevilla. Sevilla, yeah. And he probably thought it was just going to be such an easy league to come in and perform in even at his unconditioned status that he was because yeah. he saw Vela win the golden boot and he's like oh I'm just as good as Vela but Vela takes this seriously Carlos yeah. Vela looks like he takes the MLS you know conditioning and he plays for a club that he is obviously that's what it comes from taking pride in the crest yeah which you know LAFC looks like they instill that in their players very well and yeah. Galaxy used to do that but apparently they're not anymore and that has to come from the coaching, right? The coaching yeah. front office on down. Yeah. As you were talking about earlier about your Chargers not looking like they wanted to play. Like they weren't yeah. playing for their crest. It might have been coming from their coaching. And yeah. they know the front office won't do anything now. So how, then why are we even doing anything here? And maybe that's yeah. a little bit had to do with bad performances, you know, on the field. That's where it comes from. The top on down. It's an entire organizational effort. Yeah. So, yeah, it's I true. Mean, it's true. And, and, and Donovan did mention that too, that like, um, because LAFC is here that, uh, you know, uh, the galaxy just need to stop with the whole trying to compare themselves to them and just play their, their game and play kind of like for what they have already, which is the history. And a lot of that, you know, that, that has richness to it and just like, um, you know, you, you didn't, he didn't badmouth LAFC or anything like that. He was just kind of saying, like, it seems like it it, it definitely uh, changed the the perception um, for them. And I'm I'm sure mm-hmm. I'm I'm sure it has to do with the marketing. But uh, he did say, like, let that club be that club, and you guys be you, and just be great at what you guys have historically been great at, and just don't make it a don't don't feel too don't like don't buy into the competition to that degree, like. And uh, and I think that was really cool. Like just seeing his perspective from from staying in San Diego and all that. So, right. I wonder if there's any current current LA Galaxy players who have enough pride in the crest. When will they look back and say and still look back at the team and hope they do well, like the way Donovan does? Because he has Landon Donovan does. You know, like yeah. he obviously has so much love for the crest that he still watches the Galaxy and see how yeah. they do. Do you think Zlatan is looking back at the LA Galaxy and seeing how they're doing <laughs> now, or do you think he's kind of glad? He's obviously glad that they're not doing so well without him. So yeah. it's weird, right? Like you want to you want players to care about the crest because that's what you're playing for. And I wonder how much of that is, is actually vetted in the part of their, you know, signing process and just a- any of that, because I wonder how many players on this current roster will care enough about the crest. Like Jonah always seems, Jonah, Jonah Dos Santos always seems to kind of care, yeah. but does he really though? Because his effort isn't really there. I don't know how much of it is his injury or is just his lack of his just injury, his lack of a, a, a physical physical ability, maybe. Yeah. Because he's not playing well in the pitch right now. So this last few games that he was able to play, so it's just I I wonder how many players care enough on the current team. 
I mean, Bingham sometimes gets really pissed, but it's also one of those things. Is it, is it your, your, you have to care, but also you also have to have the skill. And I wonder if just their skill level is just not up to par. So, yeah. I mean, maybe it's unfair for us just being podcasters talking about <laughs> guys' <laughs> skill level on the, on their field, right? Maybe that's yeah. a little bit unfair of us to even judge, but yeah, I just want them to care. And I was watch. I care a lot about wrestling. You know this, Donald. You do yes. too. And yes. I cared so much. I had to stream live on East Coast feed, the TNT <laughs> app open this past Wednesday because AEW's winter is coming. Pay, kind of, it was a live show. It was just a regular AEW Dynamite episode, but it had a tagline to it. Winter is coming. So it's kind of, it kind of felt like a mini pay-per-view in a sense, right? Yeah. With, you know, but like on free TV on the, on the network on TNT, yeah. not free TV. Obviously you have to have cable to be able to watch it. So that sucks. But yeah, it was on, you know, not a, an extra buy. So uh, I streamed this. We talked about it on the group chat and it was exciting as, as I, tu- right when I tuned in and I see the, you know, team Taz beating down on Cody and Darby Allen. <laughs> and then like, and I kind of have it on, but I'm doing something else. Then all of a sudden I, I, I hear music and the winter with theme and like, wait, wait, something's going on here. What, what is yeah. this? And then what do we see, Donald? What did I text you guys right away after it happened? I text you guys, spoiler alert, spoiler alert with the sirens. Sting is in AEW. (laughs) I was legit excited, man. Like legit excited. It's so weird because we were just kind of bashing AEW prior at our day jobs about, you know what's wrong with AEW? They're just giving us these same WWE wrestlers and washed up people. And they're not doing anything the same way wwe wasn't doing anything with them but and they're just giving us shock value just for debuts just for debuts they're like we don't care anymore but this is the first time i actually got legit excited for one of the aew debuts and it's of course the old one of the oldest wrestlers on the roster what is he like 61 years (laughs) old 61 but But it was exciting, man. They did it. it they did it cool. They it did is. it really cool. And if you haven't checked it out, I, I implore you to watch it on YouTube. Like I said, there was like the beat. He made the save and there's like the music, like winter music, like snow yeah. everywhere. And then all of a sudden snow falls from the, you know, the arena there at Daly's place. As thing is walking out, so it had that cool effect, like he's actually coming out of the snow, yeah. snow draped mountains yeah. to make the yeah. same. So, and we were also bashing AEW's production value. Yeah, we and were. They, they they knocked it out of the park here they on this us. one. <laughs> they, they got us mic'd, man. They're listening to our our iPhones here. Series giving us giving Tony Khan all our info. We're just gonna start booking the show. Tony, you're welcome. Yeah. Um, it was it was exciting, man. What did you think of this AEW uh, debut and this AEW Winter is Coming show? I think that uh, it was really good. It was a very smart move. Um, whether Sting fights or not. As a fan, I'm not really that much concerned because I do understand that he's at, at that age. So I think if they come up with ideas like this, it definitely helps the promotion out because that was a very like monumental moment. Um, 
And yeah, like I thought it was crazy when I saw that too. I was like, Sting is AEW, which is funny because we kept knocking on Holly. And he's like, AEW needs to stop saying so and so is all elite, all elite. So and so is all yeah. elite now, you know? Um, but this was huge, man. This was huge. It was like the perfect blend of nostalgia and like perfect timing given the type of year that we've had. Um, right. It was just great. And I mean, it is insane to see that, like, you know, he comes out and he just like stares down the ring. And then he just pulls out his bat, which we all were like waiting on, right? We were we were all waiting when he pulled out his jacket. What he was gonna do? What we, yeah. you know, he pulls out the black bat, and by this point, like the, ta- the team Taz was already gone, because right. you know, obviously they're not gonna fight, you know. But it was just cool to see that for that moment. They like they did it so well, and um, it's funny that you were talking about the AEW East Coast feed because, um. I, I I didn't see that live, but I did see that AEW like immediately posted that clip up on exactly. their Twitter. And I was right. kind of like, well, I guess that misses up for the West Coast people. Like, you know, the surprise already out the bag. Just watch it on Twitter. Um, but I get it. Like, it's all a numbers game. They, they want to make sure that, you know, before anyone else spoils it, before like Reddit spoil, spoil, spoils it, like they want to be the ones that get that traffic. So I totally understand that. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, it was a quick like, what, five minute part. You know, from the time the music, when the lights go out, the music hits, and then the build up to him coming out, the stare down, the bat coming out, and then um, he kind of just goes to the ring, right? And but everyone's already gone. Um, it was a really cool, like in terms of like the emotion, was mm-hmm. really great. Like I mean, you can only imagine if it was a packed stadium. You know what I All mean? Right. It would have been crazy wild. Um, it would have probably been the moment of the night for sure. Uh, but that was really cool to see. I thought that was really smart. I think if AEW comes up with more ideas like that, even if it's just like a surprise appearance, mm-hmm. um, with the right wrestler, of course, and and the right, right circumstances and the right like build up, because that was an amazing build up with the fake snow and everything. Like it, yeah. it just played up so well. I mean, I mean, I texted you guys like, oh shoot, they have this song on Bandcamp. So I actually have right. it on my wish list. I actually went on their AEW Bandcamp and I put a couple songs on my wish list that I'm gonna buy uh, next paycheck, but. I was like, oh, dang, I definitely want to buy that song because I like the, the, the way it was composed. Like it was like an orchestral buildup. And then it, then it then I think it's I don't know if there's like thunder lightning sound because I know it came out on the I screen so. when his when the name Sting came out. And then uh-huh. uh, and then he walks out and you, then the, the, the beat is playing. So you're like, oh, damn, this is like really dramatic. So, yeah, I loved it, man. I thought it was great. Yeah, I think they really hit it out of the park with this uh, debut. I mean, uh, I can't think. Maybe the the this might be their second best debut. Obviously, their first one was uh, uh, John Moxley debuting right after their second pa- their their first pay per view, uh, Double or Nothing, yeah, uh, in Las Vegas. And you know, Moxley comes out of the crowd, you know, fresh yeah, off the yeah, 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 release. So, I mean, and I think that's what they were. They've constantly been trying to replicate that same enthusiasm and excitement from that initial shock debut to everything else is sort of fizzled with, you know, Sean Spears, who was formerly Ty Dillinger in WWE, not to knock them. Cause once again, it's, these are great workers and good, potentially good uh, wrestlers and characters that they could develop, but they haven't, you know, I don't know if it's the bad debuting, the, the, the bad music. Because music is key too, we, as we talked about. Yeah. Like you need to have that music hit right away or yeah. that debut be big enough to us to keep caring and be consistent. And and I think this is, the, this is their second home run to me as an AEW like 
because I, I would consider myself an AEW fan. I, I try to watch Dynamite as much as I can. If I don't watch the whole episode, I catch all the YouTube highlights. Pay-per-views come around. I always ask you and Rick and our yeah. good buddy Rick, like, hey, guys, you guys want to uh, watch this pay-per-view, this AEW pay-per-view? It's got a really good card because I, I want it to be good. I really do. I want to get rid of it, you know, watching so much WWE because there's so much out there for us as wrestling fans. And... This is the first time I'm legit excited again for AEW. And it's yeah. because of that debut, but it is also because what happened in the main event. So we got to talk about this main event, man. Yeah. It was Kenny Omega versus John Moxley, the world AEW world champion. And we just kind of, this had a big fight feel, you know, um, we, it was, it was a good match and we all wanted Kenny Omega, the best bout machine from new Japan to show up in this match. You know, we wanted that for those, those, you want everything to be laid in everything with intensity. Again, this goes back to the whole caring and sports yeah. and you want, you don't want to mail it in. You want us to, to be effective. You want it to, to look, we, we know what wrestling is, but we want it to look the part. We want it to look good. Yeah. And this is as close as they've gotten to recently with AEW. I was a little bit underwhelmed because I still wanted that new Japan, you know, strong style. Yeah. And they didn't fully give it to us, which I fully understand why it's, it's risky. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a bit risky. Just look at uh, Shibata. That's all you got to look at. He, um, he has a, you know, brain aneurysm from that strong style. So we got to, you know, it's, there's a lot of danger in, in, yeah. in wrestling with that strong style. So, um, there was a good, it was still a good overall, a good match. What did you think of the match, Donald? I thought it was good. I thought that it was, and you know, what's interesting is that like, um, the buildup to the match, I think, um, was more like not that much hype behind it, but at the same time, like the match itself delivered, like it was, mm -hmm. it just felt like, I don't know, we're just, to me at least, it felt very overnight that like um, Moxley had beat, uh, who was it at that last pay-per-view? Uh, Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston. Yeah, that's right. That's right. The I quit match. So he did the I quit match. And then I don't know, it was just like, you know, Kenny Omega just pops in and then he delivers his promo. And then, yeah. and then you go to the signing, the contract signing. He's not there. Moxley's not there, right? Because <laughs> he's right. He gets beat up. Yeah, and he can't make it to the signing. And then they finally sign it, and then the match happens. And the fact that obviously because I'm assuming because of the timeline, because of the fact that they the they just had done their last, um, you know, full gear was their last pay per view for the year. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming they were like, well, at least you know we got to do another. If we do another title match, it's gonna have to land on a on a Wednesday night. Uh, thing so it can't be pay-per-viewed so I think that's why it felt so quick to me but you know I thought that you know from the Kenny Omega coming in with the cleaner the women dancing with the brooms and him doing the contract right. and then Moxie not showing up and then it being like a setup like it's kind of like put up like as who beat me up and someone set me up to the finally the match happening it just felt like it was boom 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 it didn't like the storyline didn't drag too much and it wasn't right. too little of information like you knew there mm -hmm. was going to be like a good amount of history there so then when right. the match happened it was really like all eyes on them and it really delivered you know all the way to mm -hmm. the end so i was really i, I kind of felt like when we were talking like oh is this going to be the, the 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 match that moxley drops the title because i kind of right. felt you know it was going to come yeah. at some point and i felt like you know the way De uh, Omega delivered that first promo out in the street in in the, in that episode of uh, I think it was I don't know if it was Full Gear or Dynamite. I kind of felt like oh, I think he's gonna be the next guy. I think it, it just he just has that 
that mm-hmm. piff, that that character piff of someone that could carry that belt. Um, I yeah. didn't see that with Kingston. I didn't see that with Darby Allen. I didn't see that with a couple other guys. No offense to them, but it's just something about Omega, man. Like he just yeah. has it where it's like if if you're gonna lose to somebody, he'd be a good guy to lose it to. Right. Well, the money's always in the in the chase, and you always want the the, the champion to be a heel. Yeah. And you just knew that the kind of cards were aligning as soon as I saw Don Callis come out and uh, <laughs> for the full gear pay-per-view and do uh, the play-by-play for that uh, Omega uh, Hangman page. Oh, match, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That was, there was already something fishy there. Like as a wrestling fan, I immediately think, oh, something's happening here because Don Callis is the right creative force behind Impact Wrestling yeah. right now. Yeah. And so it's like, what the heck is he doing here? Obviously, we know Don Callis from New Japan days um, calling Kenny Omega matches there and Kenny Omega and Don Callis go way back where Don, Don Callis was actually trained by Kenny Omega's uncle. Yeah. So they have that history. And, and, and you know, as wrestling fans, we know it more freshly from New Japan and Don Callis calling those matches. And it's... Um, it, it was just exciting to see him there again, calling the match and then get involved. That's when you knew it was, it was over. When he got involved in the match and yeah. he, took a, he actually took a bump, which yeah. is, that's always yeah. funny. Don Callis <laughs> used to have a podcast I used to listen to called Killing the Town with, with Lance Storm. Uh, and they he always talked, I always hated taking bumps. Like yeah. <laughs> I do, I minimize taking bumps as much as I can. And then even when he got, especially when he got older, but yeah. when he was a wrestler, he would also not try to take bumps, which I think is the funniest thing ever, yeah. ever to be a wrestler. He doesn't want to take bumps. But uh, so when I saw Don Callis take that bump from, from Moxley there toward the finish of the match and then, you know, pass the microphone to Kenny Omega and, and, you know, get to finish that way with a bloody Moxley and yeah. taking him there and then running away with the title. I'm like, okay, what's going on here? This yeah, is very attitude wild. error yeah. running through the back stage area. What's going on? And they're like, we're going to give you the answers you want next Tuesday. And like next Tuesday impacts on Wednesday. I mean, wrestle uh, AWs on Wednesday. On impact, we're gonna give you the yeah, answers. Like, AX, oh, this is on access. <laughs> I was like, Dude. on a, uh, yeah, it's like this is such great cross promotional, yeah. you know, uh, you know, wrestling here. That's what we want: cross promotions to cross each other, and you know, have these have these ideas of dream matches. You know, like right away now, people are talking about the North from Impact Wrestling taking on, you know, uh, FTR at AEW, and it's like these put these are endless. This is kind of what we had last time with uh, WCW when WCW was bought out by WWE, and we thought yeah. we were going to have all these dream matches. That didn't happen then, no. and I don't know if it's going to happen now. Yeah, because the dirt sheets are talking. Oh, the shoot. dirt sheets are talking. That I don't know if you've heard about this. No. Uh, they're saying this is potentially just a one-off that's, on, that's tu- what it feels on like. Tuesday. And Don Callis' contract with Impact Wrestling, he is a creative force right now uh, of Impact Wrestling. His contract is actually up next month. Oh, And yeah. when it is up next month, that he is not going to re-sign and then sign full-time to AEW to be Kenny Omega's uh, manager. Oh, this shit. is take this. I am not Dave Meltzer because if I was Dave Meltzer, <laughs> I, I would probably be... A little bit more right. Yeah. Uh, um, it's just, that's what a lot of the rumors are. And, mm. uh, you know, the fun of rest, being a wrestling fan yeah. on the internet is looking at those rumors yeah. and seeing what potentially could and can, can and can't happen. So, I mean, we're, I'm just excited to see what happens on, 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 
uh, Impact Wrestling. I know, right? I mean, it's what I mean. This is a fun, fun storyline. Yeah. So once again, AEW two home runs in one in one event. That, that's, this was yeah. a great event. That's very true, man. I think that uh, I think it's really cool seeing AEW uh, lend itself, you know, and try to collaborate with other promotions and stuff. Um, because I think that's that's where we live now, in that kind of we're we're in that time now. Where uh, even even just for us as podcasters, like you know, I remember hearing uh, Rogan on. Uh, I think I forgot if it was. Uh, I think it was like uh, with uh, Dave Chappelle and um, Donnell Rawlings, and he talked about yeah. like, yeah, the cool thing about podcasting is that like I have friends who do podcasts as well, and then like we invite each other on each other's show, so it's like a form of collaboration, and that wasn't the case, you know, back then. Back then. If, uh, I mean, let's just take radio, for example, like traditional broadcast radio. Like if you have a 6 a.m. show and I have a 6 a.m. show at a different station, like we can never be on each other's show because we're both right. on at the same time. So it's cool to see that AEW is kind of starting to build, you know, starting to like kind of be part of that new model of like, it's okay if we do one-offs. I think there's a way to work out the the contract and the money part to make it happen and get the talent to agree. Um no need to actually acquire anything. Um, yeah. And I think it's good because I think if anything, everyone helps each other out, right? Didn't like, I forgot, was it Thunder Rosa that had the NWA title? And yes, then yeah. was fighting, she fought in it at, at an AEW pay-per-view event. Yeah. And it was like, there. I mean, that was AEW's kind of way of saying like, we know NWA doesn't have the means and the resources right now to do a live event, but obviously they have talent. And what if we were to like somehow kind of like cross it, even though the title's not ours, but like, you know, in a weird, in a way, it's just to get a match going. Because at the end of the day, this is content. This is entertainment. Like, we, we you know, our fans want to be entertained. And we could totally use, like, a bit of a shakeup in the women's division. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like it wouldn't hurt. And let's try it out. And maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. We don't know. We, we won't know until we actually do it. So I think that um, it's cool to see that they're doing that. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of excited to see what happens with the impact thing. Like, like if there does become a one-off, like, you know, what that's going to look like, what what's going to be the card, what's going to be the matches, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. I think that that would be, that would be cool if, if they're open to it. But again, we don't know yet, but like you said, the dirt yeah. sheets are talking. So I think that uh, I'm, I'm really excited to see what happens this week for sure in, in Impact and Dynamite as well. <laughs> It's so exciting as wrestling fans because if that if that stuff happens, cross promotional matches, the fans benefit from it very much. Obviously, we yeah. get to see these dream matches. But as from the business side, like as you were talking about, it's just exposure. Yeah, and I think the reason why a lot of these promotions don't want to do that is it's that typical wrestling. Somebody has to win, somebody has to lose. Yeah. And they don't want to look bad or look weak and like, oh, our promotion lost all their matches or we, our champion lost this match and now we look bad. But wrestling, as wrestling fans, we know, dude, we know the outcomes are, yeah. not, are not consequential overall. Yeah. Yeah. So just give us good matches and we'll see the product and we will watch both. Yeah. So I think they really need to get out of that whole old school mentality of we can't look bad. We can't look bad. We can't look weak. Yeah. Like our promotion can't look weak if we lose. Like losing looks weak. Because it's not it's that doesn't happen. That's not a thing anymore. Especially yeah. nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. So give give us fans what we want. Yeah. I know um, we haven't teased it yet, but obviously we do have a wrestling special that's going to be coming up soon. Um, And in that we do talk about a lot of this stuff, like, you know, 
kind of where the promotions are at, at now with kayfabe and whether that's still here or not and all that stuff plays into it because i remember obviously as we grew up as kids we just watched it and we were just amazed and that was it and we didn't know who was real and who wasn't we just believed it all <laughs> and i think that yeah. obviously with social media and the internet um a lot of the behind the scenes stuff's a little bit more out there. So yeah. for a promotion to kind of still think they have something to hide or there's some they have something they have to protect, it's like, no, dude, just let it happen. Because at this point, someone already knows what the outcome's gonna be because it's already been spread all over. That's why dirt sheets are a thing now. So it's like, you know, like, you know, kind of like how AEW puts up all the content, even though it's already been presented on the east coast and kind of kills it for the west coast i totally understand why because that's what you have to do now to kind of survive and thrive so there's nothing wrong with any of that and yeah like you said that old school mentality just has to go at this point i mean more people are more intrigued by the behind the scenes stuff than they are about the actual stuff and i think like it's time to kind of get everyone back but the only way you're doing that is if you kind of play into it a little bit like you have to kind of give up something a little bit you know you can't kind of hold on to it to the way it used to be. Yeah, break break the fourth wall just a little bit. Let us know that, you know, it, like that's why the Young Bucks got over so much. Yeah. It's because they kind of broke the fourth wall and played to the audience to let them know they were a part of the act Yeah, a little bit. So we know what's going on here. That's what, you know, so just, you know, Give us what we want. Give us these great matches and we're going to support the product and therefore your business yes. promoters. You understand you're not going to go out of business if you look weak or if your match, if your guys, if your guys on your roster lose matches, it's ridiculous. So we've been talking now for wrestling for the past 20 minutes. So you're probably, you're probably hating that if you're a big <laughs> sports fan listening to this podcast. So as Donald said, we have a wrestling podcast coming out soon and there's a bunch of wrestling heads and great podcasts out there. Uh, Chris Van Fleet, has a great wrestling podcast, which Chris you should check out. That's right. So if you're a big wrestling fan, more wrestling podcasts are coming out because that's why we're listening. We want to hear the behind the scenes stuff. We what we love, we can't get enough of it. As you were talking about the dirt sheets, I read those, I scoop those up. <laughs> I love I love gobbling all that dirt sheet news, man. It's great stuff. So next week, Sunny will be back. We'll talk more sports because you know Sunny is a big wrestling fan too, but the newer, newer stuff doesn't really care too much about right now. So it'll be attitude era only when Sunday's back next year and it'll mainly be sports. Trust me, it'll mainly be sports. So that's going to wrap it up for us this week. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at WestBoxScore and Instagram at WestBoxScore. Uh, make sure you download our episodes on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts downloaded and also give up, give some love to Sunny Amato over there on the Fox Crate podcast, download it everywhere and also follow him on Instagram at the Fox Crate. That's going to be up for us this week. Donald, see you. Later. Later.